the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Good afternoon. It's a couple minutes after four. Listen to the Tim DeMoss Show on WFIL. Thank you for tuning in. Had some sunshine this afternoon. Wait, that's yesterday's forecast. All right, let's start over. Sunny, breezy. Oh, but kind of cloudy. That's all the same. No, 44 the high today. Clear tonight, 25 the low. A lot of sun tomorrow with some clouds at times. And the chilly sun. The mix of clouds and sun tomorrow or Sunday. I'll get this right eventually. 38 the high for Sunday. Flyers lost 5-4 to Boston in overtime last night. James Van Riems like a couple of goals. Jake Voracek, three assists in the loss. They'll try and get back on track at Boston. Again, they're playing tomorrow at 7. Sixers play Boston of the Celtic variety this evening at uh, home at 7.30. And the Eagles hiring Nick Sirianni as their new head coach, formerly the offensive uh, coordinator for the Indianapolis Colts most recently. And in the world of uh, football, you have the NFC Championship game Sunday afternoon, 3.05, Tampa Bay at Green Bay, Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers. And then that'll be followed by the AFC Championship game, Buffalo and Kansas City. At 6.40, should be a treat to watch. Victoria, will you be in your Barco lounger enjoying the game with snacks or not? I just might be, Tim. There are two games to sit Good games. and enjoy, yeah. Uh, now, on the sad side of things, Victoria has been new, new to our, our, our team here in the last couple of months and doing a great job and is um, has a sports background of sorts because you worked at the Eagles for a while. And But football's not your number one sport. Number one is baseball for you. Yes, it is. And sad s- news today. Well, you're the, one who tech- you're the one who alerted me to the fact that Hank Aaron passed away today. Yep, at 86. Just shy of his 87th birthday. Unbelievable. Apparently, yeah. yeah. Very sad. A huge legend. Hall of Famer. I mean, what can you say about Hank Aaron? I mean, Breaking barriers. Really? You know? Yes. Yeah. Well, so today, uh, you really need a big shoehorn for the program because we have a lot of guests. In a moment, for just a little bit, Scott Wilder is going to join us from Preborn uh, because the, other, the number to threat is we're up to 345 ultrasounds down and just 215 to go we're trying to find 560 by the end of the month january being sanctity of human life month and uh, each of them is just 28 dollars. the simple idea that if you have a chance to see what's going on inside you you're much more likely to keep your baby and today especially being the anniversary of roe v wade uh, scott's just going to join us for a little bit to chat about that but beyond that later in the hour paul bird used to pitch for the phillies pitch for the i uh, was with the braves in the beginning and then has played for a bunch of other teams and then wound up uh, currently a broadcaster for Fox Sports South and does Braves games. So earlier in the week, Don Sutton, just a couple of days ago, another great ball player who broadcast for the Braves for a couple dozen years, uh, passed away two, three days ago. And then today it's Hank Aaron. So uh, Paul was not able to join us and it kind of works out in a weird way, but he's going to be able to talk about both of those players because he worked with them and, and knows them. And so we're looking forward. And Paul's a very thoughtful guy. You're going to enjoy listening to Paul. A little later on in the hour, uh, sandwiched in between Dan Barkowiak, who's the director of communications for Pennsylvania Family Institute and Council, because there's a big march, the Philadelphia March for Life, happening tomorrow. And on top of that, my brother Bob is going to call in near the end of the hour. He is an author. He's written uh, 45 books, including Jim, with Jim Daly's biography from Focus on the Family. He's written with Dennis and Barbara Rainey from uh, Family Life and many other ministries. Andy Stanley with In Touch. <clears throat> Excuse me. And... Um, Anyway, he has a series of books, and one of them's called Black Friday, and it's about abortion. And you can actually, I'll tell you from now, you can go to our site at WFIL.com right now to the contest page and download the ebook free. It's just a way of trying to help uh, the, the month of uh, Sanctity of Human Life month along. He volunteered to offer those books. So if you want a copy between now and the end of the month, you know that's the deadline for it. We'll, we'll take it down then. But it's called Black Friday. It's on the contest page at WFIL.com. It's a novel, and originally was written in conjunction with Tim LaHaye from the Left Behind series. You may know him. Uh, passed away a, f- a few years back. So a lot to do. 
and uh, put your helmet on. Here we go. As we welcome aboard Scott Wilder from Preborn. How you doing, Scott, man? How are you today? I'm doing quite well. How are you doing? Wonderful. It's been a neat thing to see mm-hmm. uh, this month as the, the progress has been nice and steady in our partnership with Preborn. Well, you know, the thing is, today is actually the anniversary of Roe versus Wade. Yeah. And today is the perfect day. You haven't done it yet. Today's a perfect day to provide an ultrasound uh, to save a baby's life. $140 provides five ultrasounds. We talk all the time about Planned Parenthood, and Planned Parenthood, of course, gets hundreds of millions of dollars from the government. Government money right. that goes to Planned Parenthood and is used for abortions. And then on top of that, they charge girls and women for the abortions. I mean, it's evil upon evil. But listen to this for a second. We, I mentioned this on the radio in some of the city, and people have started to go, that's a great idea. I'm going to do that. Okay. You know, if you have the stimulus check, if you got that stimulus direct deposit, sure, that is $600 that you never expected to get, or whatever the number is, and also it is government money. So you could actually take the government money, <laughs> right. and instead of having it go to take lives, it can go to save lives, and you get a tax deduction for your gift. So it's the rarest of things to be able to take money from the government and direct it away from Planned Parenthood and toward uh, the number one competitor for Planned Parenthood sure. and save babies. In fact, if you did the whole $600, somebody the other day did $600, that's 21 babies. 21 babies' lives saved like that. Yeah. Uh, and uh, we get the joy of saying, yeah, you know what? I'm still, I'm blessed. I still have my job. Or maybe you have two or three people in the same household that are all getting the stimulus checks. Maybe you would just say, you know what? That is a great idea. I'm going to take the government's money and I'm going to save babies <laughs> right. on the anniversary of Roe versus Wade. So today, uh, do it by calling 833-850-2229, or go online to WFIL.com and introduce a girl or a baby to her, uh, a girl or a woman to her baby for the very first time uh, and save babies, especially today, because this is an inside job. I mean, if we don't do it, it won't be done. Uh, the world is celebrating, uh, sadly, uh, is celebrating Roe versus Wade. They celebrate what we mourn. And so today, uh, you can do the single most effective thing and provide ultrasounds for girls and women. Give them the truth as they make this life, truly, life and death decision. 833-850-2229. You've been hearing about it, thinking about it, praying about it, talking about it, and now it's time to do something about it today. Uh, just by calling that number, 833-850-2229, or yeah. click on the Preborn banner at WFIL.com. You know, uh, Scott Wilder joining us from Preborn. We've been working with them each each year at this time of year. It's a lovely and wonderful arrangement, the opportunity to honor sanctity of human life life in that month. But of course, year-round, we want to do that, too. I was listening. I don't remember where. The other day, I was just listening to the radio, and the notion of twins mm-hmm. came up. I have never thought about in our time partnering together with preborn mm-hmm. how a woman has an ultrasound and finds that there are twins in there. Oh, sure, it, it happens all the time. In fact, we, you know, when you give to when you give to uh, preborn, uh, we will send you a an ultrasound picture that you can keep and and as a reminder uh, that you have saved the baby's life by providing an ultrasound. And we just got what? How many, Lauren? Like six. Six different ultrasound pictures, and and on one of them, it's like baby A, baby B, and baby C. No way. So that was a three. So in that case, that ultrasound saved not one baby, not two babies, but three babies. Unbelievable. Uh, yeah, it really is. And so, of course, I'm I'm always interested in that topic because I have twin boys uh, that are now twin men. Oh, wow. And and so the, the, the whole twin concept is always on my mind. So, yeah, you, you can save... Uh, twin sometimes by providing just one ultrasound. That's amazing. Uh, folks, want to get help out, it's 833-850-BABY, 833-850-2229, or the preborn banner at WFIL.com, which you can click and and, uh, and and help out that way. Speaking of multiple babies, I know there's something else. It's necessary, not, not for everyone, so to speak, but I'm sure there are people listening who have, whether it's through stimulus funds or just they're, they're doing well with their business uh, through things, that they have the funds to have a legacy kind of a gift. Yeah, you know, it, it's really interesting because there's so many. I saw a story just the other day about the the, the wealth that has been created, uh, at, even in this pandemic time, 
It's been through stocks and, you know, financial things. But maybe you're in that category and maybe your business has gone crazy good. And you feel kind of guilty because you're not even talking about I've got to get another job or anything else. You're just you're doing great. You're not even coasting. You're not even, uh, you know, surviving. You're thriving. Sometimes it happens that way. Yeah. Uh, look at Amazon, for example. Anyway, uh, maybe you're in a position where you'd say, you know, I, I really do want to give back. And if you were to give a $15,000 one-time gift, $15,000 one-time gift, that will provide an ultrasound that will stay right here. Right, actually, it's right here in downtown Philadelphia uh, at at one of the preborn affiliated centers. Uh, that ultrasound machine uh, will save over the next ten years twenty five hundred babies. Maybe you'd say, you know what, that is going to be my legacy: twenty five hundred babies over the next ten years by providing uh, an ultrasound machine. So, if you're in that position, uh, now is the time to do it on this anniversary of Roe versus Wade. What better time than now to do that? 833-850-2229. 833-850-2229 or click on the preborn banner at wfil.com. That's so good. That's so good. Thank you, Scott. And I know especially the transition in the White House too, the, some folks feel one way about it, some feel another way about what's to come, but kind of either way, this is tangible stuff you can do. No matter who was in the White House yeah. or in and 4 years from now, the, the saving lives through providing these ultrasounds, just because they're so they're so powerful. And maybe we can just close our time for a second where you just share what happens, that simple truth uh, when an ultrasound is seen. First of all, it, it, it totally uh, changes everything. When, when a girl or a woman hears their baby's heartbeat for the very first time, when they see that picture for the very first time, when you introduce a girl or a woman to her baby for the very first time, everything changes. Girls and women who might otherwise uh, choose to abort their baby, up to 83, 84% of the time after they hear that heartbeat will choose life. So give them that gift today, especially today on the anniversary of Roe versus Wade. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Scott, from Preborn. And God bless you. Keep up the good fight. Thank you, buddy. You too. All right. Bye-bye. The number again to help out, 833-850-BABY, 833-850-2229. Or click the preborn banner at WFIL.com. We update that banner all the time, so check it out and get the latest. Uh, I think we're at 345 now and 215 to go. And our goal to get to 560. Thanks to all who have helped out. Greatly appreciate. Let me just do a thank you while I'm thinking of it. Thank you to Scott and Ben Salem. Did a five uh, ultrasound gift, $140. Shelly and Downingtown did the same. And Patrick and Shalfont. Had the same idea. Five at $140. We had uh, Jamie and Collings with New Jersey said, I'll do one. It all adds up. 833-850-BABY, 833-850-2229 or at WFIL.com. Very special day if you want to jump on board, especially today on the anniversary of Roe v. Wade. Quick break. Dan Barkowiak. Going to join us from the uh, Pennsylvania Family Institute and Council. Paul Bird, former Philly pitcher, going to join us. My brother Bob has written a book about all this, a book, a novel called Black Friday. That and more all coming up this hour on the Tim DeMoss Show and WFIL. It's the Tim DeMoss Show podcast, available at WFIL.com. Thanks for listening. It's 416, the Tim DeMoss Show and WFIL. Our famous Friday show rolls along. And uh, we bring on a guest who has joined us before, Dan Barkowiak, who is the Director of Communications for the Pennsylvania Family Institute and Council. It's a big march happening tomorrow in Philadelphia. Philadelphia March for Life. Dan, how are you, man? I'm doing very well. Glad to be with you, Tim. Yeah, we've had you on the program before, and we're glad to have you on. I guess uh, uh, Randall Wenger has joined us before as well in connection with you guys and the work that you do. It's, uh, of course, the anniversary of Roe v. Wade today, and we're going to get into that in a second. Uh, but just for context, let folks know what your you know what you do day to day, what your work involves. Yeah, well, Pennsylvania Family Institute we're a nonprofit organization, and we look to strengthen families. So we stand for pro-life, pro-family policies uh, in Harrisburg, and and what impacts your family on a day-to-day basis, uh, having programs, and really just anything we can do to really strive to uh, point to a Pennsylvania where where God is honored, where families flourish, uh, life is cherished, and religious freedom th- thrives. Well, and it's, um, of course, the National Sanctity of Human Life Day tomorrow, Sanctity of Human Life Month going on. There's a lot of, of that happening, and a big march is going on in Independence Hall. Uh, explain about that, if you would, the Philadelphia March for Life happening tomorrow. Yeah, 
yeah, we have a, a great display of pro-lifers from around the area coming together to really stand uh, to call out the sanctity of human life and, and the tragedy that does happen. You know, every day in Pennsylvania, 85 babies are killed in abortion, uh, over 30,000 babies every year. And it's something that we need to come together as uh, people, as a society, to say this is wrong and to recognize the need to protect life. Uh, we have uh, certainly those that are advocating for abortion policies, even from our uh, new, new administration and the, and the presidential uh, Biden administration, saying that he wants to codify Roe and essentially make you pay for abortions. So there's certainly some, some efforts to uh, really see more abortions happening. And, and when we look at the tragedy that happens, both for the unborn being killed and also the women that are suffering through that, we need to stand to say we need to rally for life. We need to support uh, pro-life measures to see life truly cherished and protected. And, and so we look forward to Saturday. There's uh, prayer services, a Catholic mass, and a interdenominational prayer service in the morning, followed by a march to Independence Mall where we'll rally for life, have different speakers, Allison Senefonte with live action, uh, Reverend Herb Lusk, uh, others, uh, to really just call out to say life needs to be protected in our state. Yeah, Reverend Lusk actually has a program, uh, the Lusk the Third. You can clarify it's Lusk the Third, Lusk the yeah, Second also. Yeah, so yeah, Reverend Lusk the Third. Yeah, yeah Lusk the Third uh, has a program called the Legacy Project on WFL every Saturday at two. So folks can tune in for that as well. But he pre-records a program so he can be in two places at once. Uh, he'll be here, <laughs> and as well as part of this tomorrow. If folks wanted to find out more about the March for Tomorrow, uh, is there a best way to do that? Yeah, they can find our, our friends at the Pro-Life Union of Greater Philadelphia, and prolifeunion.org is their website. So prolifeunion.org. You can find all the details about the march. Uh, Pennsylvania Family Institute's participating as well. You can find information, pafamily.org, uh, but especially uh, Pro-Life Union of Greater Philadelphia, prolifeunion.org for details. Dan Barkowiak, Director of Communications with Pennsylvania Family Institute and Council on the Tim DeMoss Show today, AM560, WFIL.com, and on the app. What are some other pro-life uh, activities and endeavors that Pennsylvania Family Institute and Council is all about? Yeah, well, so, well I think first and foremost, I think it's starting with prayer and, and our organization, especially with our church ambassador network, engaging with churches and, and pastors to come together to pray for, for the need for God to uh, intervene in our in our midst and praying for our elected leaders. Uh, so that's even part of this this event happening oh, yeah. on Saturday. Yeah. And then we we certainly support you know praying through resource centers, the the amazing work that they do on the ground when it comes to meeting with these women, and we need to support them. Part of the march on Saturday, we're, we're marching past Philadelphia Women's Center, and they, that's they perform over six thousand abortions every year. It's the most of any one abortion center in our state and so the sidewalk counselors that are out there you know praying and, and trying to connect with women that are seeking abortions so there's many things an organization especially gets involved in pro-life policies uh, you know there's been efforts over the years that we've helped to engage uh, citizens across the state to make happen and and we have some pro-life laws that have helped to close down abortion clinics to help lower abortions in our state so there's many things that people can do and and really it's just looking to get involved in this, to make sure you are doing something for life. And I think one place to start certainly is prayer and those that can come out Saturday morning to march with us to, to Independence Mall to, to showcase that we need to stand for life. PAFamily.org, again, the site uh, to learn more about the work that you're doing. And uh, and even as you mentioned, the March for Life happening tomorrow, uh, they could get a little info through that. Or ProLifeUnion.org is another place for tomorrow's march specifically, uh, Pen uh, Philadelphia March for Life. And, and you mentioned the the abortion every I think you said seventeen minutes, um, mm -hmm. right? It, which which I, my understanding is it's almost half of all the ones um, in the state happen in Philadelphia. I mean I know it's the it's it's a big city, but still, no wonder you want to have the march tomorrow specifically in Philadelphia. You know, abortion is anything but rare, and, and it's sad to see through, uh, especially in the Philadelphia region. That, right, uh, about half of abortions happen in this. Area and, and even the rise in complications from abortions, uh, the, the chemical abortions that we're seeing uh, arise in. There's more women ending up in the hospital uh, because of the excessive bleeding and the problems that come with an abortion. So there's much that needs to be done to improve our policies. And again, it starts with prayer. It starts with uh, making a vocal stance for this. And that's what the uh, Philadelphia March for Life is all about. What's the anticipated time frame for the march? Uh, I think a nine o'clock church service to kick things off, and then how about from there? 
maybe late morning kind of a thing people want yeah, to budget some time? Yeah, through the morning and into the lunch to hours. So 9 o'clock is the kind of prayer services, 10.30 is the march, and then 12 noon is a rally for life right at Independence Mall. So okay. come out for one or all of that is certainly welcome. Yeah, come and go as you need to. Don't think you can't do all of it. You can't do any of it. So that's that's true. And, and just to circle back for a second, you mentioned uh, about uh, – I had not seen this, but uh, mentioning here about President Biden's uh, what was the the news about the about the um, Roe v. Wade and an abortion? Yeah, well, well, today you know our our President Joe Biden uh, put out a statement to mark the 48th anniversary of Roe v. Wade, yeah. and what he points to is is codifying that law to say that we want unrestricted abortion uh, through all nine months of pregnancy, and he also talks about uh, not wanting to have income get in the way of of accessing abortion. So essentially, what he's saying is he wants unrestricted abortion all nine months of pregnancy, and for you to pay for it. And, and that's, it's very troubling to see. It's, it's those that would have that type of mentality, uh, especially someone, frankly, that professes a, being a devout Catholic. Yeah. Um, but, but again, it, it just shows the need for people to uh, take a stand, to say that we need to do all we can to do our part to, to be vocal on this issue and to help bring about that change. So whether that is someone in our neighborhood being able to influence their decision, but especially then leading up to decisions of policies and those things. So it, it takes everybody joining together to really make that change. Yeah, it is multifaceted. It involves prayer. I love that you say that and emphasize it is so true and looking for heart change, but it also involves walking alongside people and knowing the landscape as it is, not to be naive and not that you would know exactly how it would play out. How viable do you think that that is? Or how possible do you think that that is? Or how, I guess, how far away from that actually becoming true is your initial reaction to that? Well, I think that, I mean, we do have politicians that think that abortion should be unrestricted and, and that almost we need to have more of it. You have Planned Parenthood that say we love abortion, and we have a, you know, a governor that has vetoed efforts to say you cannot have an abortion solely based on a di- diagnosis of Down syndrome or to say we should limit abortion at 20 weeks. I mean, we allow abortion through six months in pregnancy here in Pennsylvania. And there was an effort just recently to limit that to the first five months in pregnancy. It passed through the legislature and Governor Wolf vetoed it as a former clinic escort to Planned Parenthood. So, you know, there are politicians that frankly have a very extreme view of this issue. And, and I guess it, it just, again, underscores the need to be engaged on this issue. There are many areas, as I mentioned, pregnancy resource centers and even the march for happening on Saturday, you know, different efforts to, to support life. And one of those is also engaging with our politicians. I think if we don't speak out to them, if we don't stand up for life, uh, it's going to have uh, results like codifying Roe v. Wade and seeing more abortions happening and forcing you to pay for it. I mean, th- those are the things that will happen if we don't stand and speak out on this issue. So it's all the more the need for that and, and examples like it being Saturday with the Philadelphia March for Life. Dan, thank you so much for your time. It's a pleasure talking with you. God bless you. Have a, have a great weekend and and the Philadelphia March for Life tomorrow. That's going to be a wonderful thing. Thanks so much. Dan Barkoyak with Pennsylvania Family Institute. They're based in Harrisburg. And again, that March uh, information for that, the Philadelphia March for Life. ProLifeUnion.org is where you can find out more. ProLifeUnion.org or PAFamily.org. Brief break. We'll keep our famous Friday show rolling along with former Phillies pitcher Paul Bird, current broadcaster with the Atlanta Braves, uh, Fox Sports South, I should say, and covers the Braves games, uh, has some insight into the passing of Hank Aaron today. We'll get into that, and my brother Bob's going to be joining us, too. Tell you more about that in a minute. Tim DeMoss Show on WFIL. Live and local, it's the Tim DeMoss Show, weekday afternoons 4 till 5 on AM 560 WFIL and at WFIL.com. It's 428, the Tim DeMoss Show. Thanks for tuning in today. You can subscribe uh, subscribe to the podcast. Wherever you get your podcast, just type in Tim DeMoss Show. 44 the high the rest of the day. 25 low tonight with clear skies. A lot of sun tomorrow. Some clouds chilly. 33 the high tomorrow. Mix of clouds and sun for Sunday. High 38. Flyers lost to Boston in overtime last night. 5-4. They'll try it again tomorrow at Boston at 7. Sixers home against the Celtics tonight at 7.30. Eagles with a new head coach, Nick Sirianni, former offensive coordinator for the um, Indianapolis Colts, where Frank Reich is the head coach. And, of course, Frank Reich was here back when the 
Eagles won the Super Bowl two years back, which was the year after Victoria left. See, you left and then they won. What does that mean? Have you ever thought about that, Victoria? I know. It's so, you know, but, you know, I feel grateful, even though it was a little, you know, down because I missed out on their, being there when they won. I was so happy to have most of the coaches and team. I was able to say that they were there when I was there, you know. Yes. Right before. So you have that connection yes. still, which is nice. And we had, among others, Dave Spadaro joined us last Friday, Eagles Insider, and you know Dave, and it was a pleasant conversation to have. So, yeah, so this weekend, uh, of course, Eagles not in it, but four teams are Tampa Bay and Green Bay, 305, the NFC Championship game. And then at 640, the AFC Championship game takes the Airways, Buffalo, and Kansas City. Then the Super Bowl a couple weeks following. Also in baseball news, which, Victoria, you texted me on this morning, brought me up to speed, and Hank Aaron passed away. It's a, that's such a sad thing. I mean, another legend this month. I, he's like worth two legends. He's like yes. almost bigger than baseball. Yes, he is. Huge Hall of Famer. He is. And a, a couple days ago, there was another uh, Hall of Famer, Don Sutton, who passed away. And uh, automatically, a friend of our program uh, came to mind a couple days ago, uh, Paul Bird, who um, who knew Don Sutton because Paul used to pitch for the Phillies. He pitched for the Red Sox, uh, Cleveland Indians, several other teams, uh, won over 100 games in his career. He's joined our program before. And... Um, Anyhow, he he knew Don Sutton and uh, certainly uh, Hank Aaron. And uh, so as you uh, you listen to Tim DeMoss' show, bringing on board our recurring buddy. Well, he's a buddy all the time, but he recurs on the program. Paul Bird. Hello. (laughs) Hey, man. How you doing? I love the introduction. Thank you so much. Yes, we are good friends, and I hope that I reoccur for a while. I'm in agreement. With that, because you you actually have a lot of a lot of skills that people are aware of if they've listened to this program. Your baseball skills, your baseball knowledge and broadcasting, your insight into family, and of course your walk with the Lord. And today, no exception. I want to touch on two things: uh, one baseball, one just bigger than that. Um, big news, obviously today. Hank Aaron passing away, and Don Sutton earlier this week, and you had the chance to. I'm sure running into those folks because uh, after playing in Philly and a bunch of other teams, you went into broadcasting and still do Fox Sports South and have done a lot of Braves games. So what are you thinking? What are you feeling? Well, today hurts. I mean, Hank Aaron was a great man, and I use the word reoccurring and hope to reoccur because, as you know, the Bible says we're not guaranteed tomorrow. And um, yeah. I loved everywhere I played, including Philadelphia. That's where I got my first start. And, um, you know, coming from the Braves, but you know, this one's tough. Uh, Losing Don Sutton was not easy. Losing Phil Necro was not easy. Also hall of famers. And then today, Hank Aaron, I think Hank Aaron of all the hall of famers in every team that I've spent time with. And this includes many times up in Cooperstown during inauguration week, Hank Aaron is the most humble. He was probably not only the best, but he just never wanted to talk about himself. He had that trademark smile, and it didn't matter who was there. If Hank Aaron walked into the room, all eyes were on Hank, and a super special person. Wow. You know, and I'm, I was running through his stats. Of course, folks remember him as the home run king for so many years until Barry Bonds came through, but still considered in, by many you know, the home run uh, king. But the, the runs batted in champion, still number one all time, almost 2,300 runs batted in. A bunch of other number ones, twos, or threes. He's third most in hits all time. Uh, won two batting titles. Like to, to be a home run hitter who also won two batting titles. What an athlete. Uh, he was incredible and turned down football scholarships to go play from Mobile, Alabama. You know, got on a train for the Indianapolis Clowns with two sandwiches and $2 in his pocket. And uh, it's a pretty incredible story of where he came from. He used a cross grip on the bat, which means when he's right-handed, his left hand was on top. And so they switched him and said, I think you're going to hit better this way. (laughs) So he was so incredible, even holding the bat, you know, incorrectly that when they switched him, he took off. Well, and you know, I was reading about how uh, growing up in Alabama, he didn't get to play organized ball in high school because there was basically only white students had the chance to play at that time. What what, an, what a big hurdle to get over and still develop in time, so to speak, to be a major leaguer and play all those seasons that he did. It's incredible. It is. And, 
he trained by hitting bottle caps with a broomstick, and then they would uh, wrap up a shirt, and he would hit that as the baseball as well. So I have no idea how he became the home run king, as you said earlier, with those kind of training methods. But it worked. And, um, you know, on your show, I think this is a really, really important quote that sometimes people look over when he got his first home run in the big leagues. He said, I finally hit the home run, got at the bases. And when I got home that night, I got on my knees and prayed to the good Lord, really thanked him for all of the things that he had sent me through. Because really, the two years, I had a really bad time for two years leading up to the home run. And I thought that was just so cool because for him to have had the ability to handle the racism, having to stay at a different hotel, the death threats, and among others, all the jeers and the people who were yelling at him when he was chasing Babe Ruth's record, he had incredible grace for those people. And another reason why I say he was the most humble athlete that I've ever been around. Wow. Paul Bird, kind enough to check in with us briefly today on the just the news of Hank Aaron passing away earlier today at age 86, among other accomplishments, too, besides being in the Hall of Fame first ballot, a 25-time All-Star. You know, most people could add their careers together. They don't even in the big leagues for 25 <laughs> years, right? So That's I, right. I was an All-Star one time in my career. I played for the Phillies, and it was really hard to be one of the best in the league. 25 times that's simply amazing yeah you know and then just earlier in the week just a few days ago when i originally texted you we didn't connect until today uh but don sutton who didn't play for the braves but he mostly known for his time with the dodgers when i was a kid i remember him being on the teams that the phillies were battling back when i was you know in the 70s and early 80s but he wound up broadcasting for many years for the braves and so you being a broadcaster in your post-playing days What's a little side of Don that, that folks might not know or that you appreciated about him? How helpful he was. When I pitched, he was incredible at coming over and talking about the game. I would ask him questions, shared his knowledge. He was really big on not getting a hitter out the same way twice. Um, he was an incredible pitching coach without being one for me as a broadcaster. Um, and then when I went into broadcasting, he was always there to give an answer if I asked a question and he was always spot on. Um, and so one of the things Don was all about was um, not making the game bigger than, I mean, not making yourself bigger than the game. Hmm. So when he was a broadcaster, he was really careful not to talk about how he did it or how great he was or start talking about himself um, even on home run calls. And I don't necessarily agree with this, but he never wanted to have a trademark home run call. And the reason was because he didn't want it to be about him. And so I thought, even though I may disagree at times, I thought that was really neat. And his final time on the air, Freddie Freeman hit a home run to right off Alex Wood. And when Freddie rounded the bases, he got quiet. You know, he said, oh, this one's way out of here. And then he shut up for about 15, 20 seconds, and he let the crowd cheer. And he says, I don't need to say anything. The crowd will tell you all you need to know. And uh, I thought that was really great about Don. Wow. Paul Bird chatting about Don Sutton, Hall of Fame pitcher, uh, who, again, in a different way, not maybe in some ways as, uh, I mean, Hank Aaron is Hank Aaron, but Don Sutton, uh, not dominating, right? He, I think he had one 20-win right. season. But he he won double-digit games like every year except for a couple. So he was super consistent yeah. for a really long time. And you can learn something from that accomplishment about the diligence of you know anybody, whatever job you do, going in faithfully and doing it well for a long stretch of time. He was. And it was funny. They joked and they said, you know, Don Sutton's pitching. I don't know whether to watch the game or do my taxes because he's <laughs> so boring. You know, what they mean? You know, fastball wasn't like, you know, Randy Johnson where you couldn't see it. I mean, he just kind of lulled you to sleep, a little bit of this, a little bit of that, you know, didn't throw hard, didn't have one pitch that was unbelievable like a Valenzuela screwball. He just got you out. And at the end of the game, they said, well, there's a, another sudden win. And then by the end of his career, they started to realize, wow, this is one of the most incredible pitchers of all time. And I don't think he really got the credit for being as good as he was uh, to this day. One of my most incredible stats about Don Sutton, which most people know, he never missed a start. 
Yeah. Wow. That's right. That's right. That's unbelievable. Never missed a start. Never went on the DL. Never missed his turn in the rotation. And if you started uh, with those numbers for twenty over 25 years, he would have started 30 games in the big leagues and never missed a start. That's incredible. Absolutely incredible. Don Sutton uh, passed away just a couple of days ago. He was younger. He's only seven. I think it's early 70, 73. Um, but 324 wins, so seventh all or 14th all time in the win co- category. And interesting, and seventh in innings pitched. Um, the interesting little connection between Don Sutton and Hank Aaron, both number three on their respective lists, uh, Sutton third all time in games started, to your point of never missing one. And Hank Aaron third all time in games played, so uh, different different paths. There's something to be said about durability. <laughs> you know, sure. when you play at this level, um, you know you need blessings as well. You know, to not take a line drive off the knee or the foot or the face. And you know, Hank Aaron, you know, not to to take a ball off the wrist. Uh, you know, where you end up having to go on the DL. So there's there's blessings. There's durability. Both those guys. This is crazy. They ate well during a generation where that necessarily wasn't a priority, and they worked very, very hard. And uh, there's something to be said for that as well, I think, in the game. Yeah, definitely. And it's also a fun fact about Sutton, of course, folks may not remember, but uh, who he, 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 the rotation he was part of at the very beginning. It's unbelievable. Yes. Right? Koufax. Drysdale, Claude Osteen was in that, who became the Phillies pitching coach for a while, if I remember, uh, as well. So, and then uh, and then uh, Sutton. So, well, so there's that. And Paul, you you know, I mean, you won over 100 games. How many games did you win? I forget. It's 100. And... It's over 100. I'm, I don't have it in front of me, I'm, but something just over 100. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is an accomplishment for sure in itself. Very very few folks can say that they did that. And you had a chance to pitch in some big games and all those things. And, and God's really blessed you over the years because now continuing on with, with your time with Fox Sports, I, I was going to actually ask you uh, just, you know, on a personal note, how things went for you since we spoke last, because obviously baseball was very different and you're doing the, a lot of the time, the in stands stuff and there were no fans to talk to, or w- did Atlanta have a limited fans at all? Or what was that like for you guys last summer? No, no, we really didn't. And Atlanta is different from Philly in that Atlanta uh, the Braves owns the real estate around the stadium. Oh. Um, so they had uh, hotels and they had fans there, they had fans at restaurants. And when you would hit a home run, when one of the players would hit a home run, I was in right field by myself with my cameraman, and I would hear the ball clank all around in the seats. Then a couple seconds delay, you would hear all of the people in the restaurants erupt <laughs> because they weren't practicing social distancing. <laughs> right. So we used to laugh about that. And the fans said that was the thing they found the most unusual. In other words, they said, when I'm pitching, I'm locked in on the hitter. When I'm hitting, I'm locked in on the pitcher. But when something great happened, it was weird not hearing the fans go crazy. Yeah. And I think that's something MLB – uh, has to find a way to get fans into the stadiums this year. If not at full capacity, half, they have to do something to get that back because we need people in the stands eating a hot dog, B-roll where, you know, there's a foul ball and somebody catches it and smiles and go crazy. Yeah. We miss all that. And uh, I hope that baseball uh, puts fans back in there. I, I hope so too. And I hope that uh, this year, Lord willing, you'll be back in Philly uh, in conjunction with the Braves covering games and, and get to see you down at the ballpark. Uh, but one day at a time till then, and just last quick question for you, how people can pray for you, your family, and, and just whatever, whatever angle you want to take on that. Well, just a prayer of thanks. I just, am a month off of having COVID and it wasn't easy for me. Um, <laughs> It was a rough week, and then now I have a little bit of brain fog, so I hope this is a good interview. You can tell me later <laughs> when we hang up. But uh, I've, uh, I've uh, been fighting through that, and so uh, just a prayer of thanks for doing better. So, um, yeah. you know, I'll leave it with that. And I just want to say thank you to the Philadelphia fans everywhere because um, even though it's been a long time since I played there, Philly has some of the best fans in the world, and they don't forget you. And I love every time I get to go back to Philly. It's a great town with great fans, great people, great restaurants. And uh, hopefully, like you said, 
that happens again, and I will be eating downtown at Marathon Diner, and we can tell some good stories. It sounds good. How about that? I love it. I'm, I'll get a, a cheese, toasted cheese sandwich and a tomato soup. That's already on my mind. That's what I'm talking about. I love it. <laughs> God bless you, my friend. Thank you for taking time out of your busy day to, to check in and to, and to share your thoughts on Hank Aaron's passing, Don Sutton, and, of course, the other things we talked about, too. And uh, greetings to your family. You got it, Tim. Thanks so much. Paul Bird, our guest today on the Tim DeMoss Show. We'll take a quick break. Bringing on another very special guest, my older brother Bob. Looking forward to it very much. Hang on. It's coming up in a second. Tim DeMoss Show and WFIL. Thanks for tuning in to the Tim DeMoss Show podcast with AM560 WFIL and WFIL.com. It's 446 in the Tim DeMoss Show. And one of the reasons I am sitting here before you today is because of the person I'm bringing on the air now, my older brother, Bob. I didn't say wiser, but I probably should. Older and wiser, brother Bob. Hello, big brother. How are hey, you? Hey, Tim, you're doing a great job. You're doing a terrific job. Well, thank you. And it is just a real treat to have you on. Uh, love to have you on again another time where we can dig further into <laughs> how we know each other. No, the things that we have experienced together over the years. Uh, but just for the sake of time, I want to cut to the chase because Nash, you know it's uh, January is Sanctity of Human Life Month. And one of many things that the Lord has allowed you to do over the years is write books. You've written how many books now, would it be? I don't know, more than 45. Okay. And some folks will recognize names you have worked with and folks you've written for, like... Focus on the family's Jim well, like, Daly. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, and so well, and Phil Robertson and Duck Dynasty fame and Tim LaHaye from Left Behind and Point of Grace. Right, we used to play music or hit listen to music there on sure the station. That's right. There's there's those folks. There's Andy Stanley, father, you know Charles Stanley in touch, and uh, Dennis and Barbara Rainey, Family Life, many others. So um, you also, as you mentioned, Tim LaHaye who folks may remember, like, he only passed a few years ago and wrote a lot of books, including the Left Behind series with Jerry Jenkins. And just tell that little story, because 20 years ago you wrote a series of books that are now freshly updated, and one of them we're giving away as part of National uh, Sanctity of Human Life Month going on in January. Well, the Left Behind series uh, with Jerry Jenkins and Tim LaHaye were all about, you know, coming events. And um, at the same time, Tim LaHaye and I had an idea for a series of current events. At the time, in some ways, even though we said current, they had a bit of a, a prophetic edge to them. And so we wrote this series called the Soul Survivor Series, S-O-U-L, Soul Survivor. And they're based, the books, um, these, these are um, teen novels, um, a teen in college, uh, and they're based in the Delaware Valley. And... Um, the, there are four books, and, and I'm going to go into detail of all four, but the, the one that's relevant to today's conversation about the sanctity of life is book four called Black Friday. Tim, as you know, was, was uh, a strident pro-lifer, and then, and then you, Tim, you know that our dad was involved in the Life, What a Beautiful Choice campaign in the 90s. Right. And so, naturally, uh, we, we were in an environment that really celebrated life and the sanctity of it, the value of every human life. So when I had an opportunity to write with Tim LaHaye, I said, okay, um, what if we had a novel that explored the issue of abortion, not in a heavy-handed way, but in, in what is truly a thriller for a younger, say, 15-plus audience? 14, maybe, because this is when the decisions that are being made, right. oftentimes without parental consent in different areas. I think Pennsylvania fixed that, but maybe Jersey, Delaware, I don't know their laws. But there, there was a lot of concern about um, the fact that kids simply didn't understand what was actually happening when, uh, you know, they, uh, they were considered having an abortion. And i got to tell you, I went to Upper Dublin High School. I graduated there. I was there as a junior and a senior, and I had gone through K through 10 at Philmont Christian Academy, and so I had a Christian worldview as I went into the public school system. Well, as a junior, um, there was a classmate. She was dating a senior, and this would have been in 74, right as Roe v. Wade was being, you know, kind of just rolled out yeah. nationally, and I can remember there was this 
sort of sketchy time where they were both believers, but they were both engaged in premarital sex, and the girl got pregnant. Well, the next thing you know, they've kind of disappeared from the scene for a few days, and then, you know, the scuttlebutt around the school was, well, she had an abortion. Well, we're like, well, what's that? Nobody understood. They, they, they didn't know what it was. So we grew up in an era where that was not popularized the way it is today. So my concern has been since that time, when I first wrote this series, and uh, Black Friday in particular, was I don't think young people have a clue what actually goes on in terms of the industry, the lack of oversight by health officials. You know, think about Gosnell right there, downtown Philadelphia. Right. 17 years, lots of complaints, no regulations, people dying, at least two women dying, and and late-term and post-term abortions and infanticide. So it's like, okay, how do you um, create a culture of life with a younger person so they understand the risks and cut through the lies? And I thought, well, you can give them a lecture, or you can tell them a compelling story that moves their heart. And that's what Black Friday does. My brother Bob DeMoss uh, on the line with us for a few moments today. The original Soul Survivor series came out around 2000, give or take? Um, I want to say, yeah, that sounds right, 2002, somewhere in there. Okay. And so the, this, this next round, uh, like an updated version, I guess primarily updated for, you know, now we have cell phones in, in every pocket. or whatever. How, What's the difference from then to folks happen to get them back then versus now? Well, what is so funny is when I went through all four books and put all new covers on and went through, it's like back then you had dial-up uh, phone uh, internet service, right? Yeah. And you get the announcement, you've got mail. You know, and so you might have that. You would go to a Blockbuster. Well, we don't have those anymore. Yeah. You know, there, you go down the list and there was some technology that simply didn't exist. And there's technology today that does exist, such as texting which didn't exist back then. So now you have different tools. Part of the challenges with Black Friday, one of the one of the important events in the story, which again happens in the streets of Philadelphia, Huntington Valley, uh, Horsham, Willow Grove, all those those parts of town, um, is that there's a there's a scene where um, our protagonist goes and takes some photos, and um, they're on a um, uh, a, a disposable camera, which like with film. <laughs> That's and, retro and now. Like a, like, yeah. And so I just had to go that way with it. Well, she had her, you know, she had her iPhone, but she wanted to go, you know, with a classic retro feel. So you had to make those kind of adjustments. Yeah. Well, and so folks should know that Black Friday, which is one of the four novels in the Soul Survivor series, is free right now. At our site, WFIL.com, just go to the contest page. You can download a copy between now and the 31st. Yet another way WFIL wants to help uh, celebrate Sanctity of Human Life Month, January being that. We're working with Preborn. We had uh, Dan Barkowiak on earlier this hour from the Pennsylvania Family Institute talking about the Philadelphia March, which is tomorrow. And um, so there's a lot of different ways we can come at this, and there are a lot of ways that are worth coming at this. Um, Bob, one other thing before we uh, – I'd love – we can have you on again sometime, but – just so folks know, because there is a little bit of a criticism sometimes that uh, Christians are only interested, or, or not even as Christians, pro-life people are only about the, the womb, but not the rest of life. You actually had an opportunity to write a book called Fighting for Dear Life, the Terry Shiva story. Talk about a very l- local situation that was huge around here for a long time. Just share about that a little bit, if you would. Yeah, so Terry Shiva was in the top five news stories a number of years ago because she was considered in a persistent vegetative state and they and as such they felt like she didn't uh deserve a chance to live and so um her husband um wanted her to start they wanted to starve her to death in a florida hospice environment and david gibbs the lawyer um went to defend you know the mother of the shivos you know bob and mary and went in to see you know david gibbs goes in to see her Terry Shibo, and he says she's perfectly healthy. She's sitting on, on a rocking chair with a, a, a sort of Christmas holiday blanket on her, and no tubes, no nothing, smiling, attentive, you know. And so he's like, what in the world, what's going on here? 
And so they try to get a court order to stop the assault on her, and, and yet they lost. And so she ended up being starved to death. And in, in Florida, sidebar, it's against the law not to feed a dog. You cannot starve a dog to death. But they did deny Terry Shivo basic uh, nutrition and water until she literally uh, stroked out from dehydration. A very sad situation. And it portends on this, this culture of life, it, it portends in a bad way if we just see life as disposable. And, you know, a culture raised on images of death and pop culture, slasher films and other kinds of ways in which this generation might entertain themselves, how can they be sympathetic to pro-life issues, whether it's end of life or at the beginning of life or any, you know, phase along the way? Yeah. So, yeah, I, I believe we need to be pro-life across the spectrum. Fighting for Dear Life is the name of that book, The Terry Shiva Story. My brother Bob wrote with the, 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 the Shiva family lawyer. Black Friday, the free novel at WFIL.com. Go to the contest page. Bob, we're out of time. Love you, brother. Talk to you soon. Love you. Proud of you. Have fun. <laughs> Thank you. Quick break. We'll wrap up in just a second on WFIL. You're listening to a podcast of The Tim DeMoss Show. Heard weekday afternoons 4 till 5 on AM 560 WFIL and at WFIL.com. All right, that'll do it for our program today. Thanks to Scott Wilder, Dan Barkowiak, Paul Bird, and Bob DeMoss for joining. We'll pass the baton now to Jim Max and Max 413 Ministries. He leads in prayer next. Have a good weekend. Thanks for listening to the Tim DeMoss Show podcast. Feel free to tune in to the full show each weekday afternoon from 4 till 5 on AM 560 WFIL and at WFIL.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.